podcast series by the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. My name is Jill Harper, Vice Chair of Communications on the CIA's Research Council. In this episode, we'll be talking about a paper that comes from our Academic Research Committee, which is a committee within the CIA's Research Council that specifically focuses on academic research. If you want to learn more about the CIA's Research Council and its committees, episode one of the Seeing Beyond Risk podcast series is all about this, so check that out. The paper we'll be discussing today is called The Mathematical Mechanism of Biological Aging, and it was published just this October. You can find this paper along with any other CIA research by going to the website. Go to www.cia-ica.ca, navigate to the Research tab at the top, then select Research Projects. To help introduce this paper, we have two of the paper's authors on the phone today, Bruce Jones and Xiaoming Liu, who are both researchers at the Department of Statistical and Actuarial Sciences at the University of Western Ontario. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah. Great to have you. So this paper has a really interesting title. Can you tell us a little bit about the paper? What's it all about? Sure. First, I'd like to mention that the project involved a team of four. So in addition to Xiaoming and me, our colleague Jandong Ren and a PhD student, Potran Cheng, worked on the project. And also we built on earlier work with additional collaborators. But in the research that we're discussing today, which was funded by the CIA, we developed and explored a model for aging that's simple, yet captures the important characteristics of the aging process. So specifically, the fact that aging is progressive and irreversible, that there's randomness and, and therefore person-to-person -person differences in aging. Um, and our model separates and explicitly models both aging and mortality. Some mortality models are derived from aging principles, but they don't actually model aging. The simplicity of our model in terms of the number of parameters and their interpretability facilitates calibration of the model. And the fact that our model is a member of a very nice class of stochastic processes makes calculations easy for a wide variety of applications. For example, we can easily calculate expected present values needed for insurance premiums and reserves. Also, the randomness associated with our model allows one to capture things like mortality selection and to analyze the impact of anti-selection, this kind of thing. I hope this gives a bit of an idea of what the project is about. Definitely, and I'm disappointed to hear it's irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what motivated you to do this research project? I'm happy to talk about that. Basically, it's the curiosity of wanting to understand the process that leads to the inevitable death to knives. We have heard about theories of biological clock that might determine the range of human beings' lifespan. Everyone agrees that aging and mortality are closely related. But so far, we don't have a good mathematical model that connects aging with mortality. The idea of developing a model to formalize a quantitative relationship between aging and mortality started from one of my PhD research projects, roughly from 2003, when I studied at the University of Toronto. 
In the paper, Mark of Aging Process and Face Type Law of Mortality, written with my former supervisor Xiao Donglin, proposed a Markovian stochastic approach to describe the progressive biological changes that human beings experience with aging. Under that framework, we associate a mortality pattern with the underlying aging process. This is different from the most mortality models, where mortality is expressed as a function of chronological age, but our model expresses mortality as a function of biological age. Our proposed model can fit the observed data very well. More importantly, this model allows us to measure the differences from individual to individual uh, in terms of where they are in this aging process. This approach seems promising, and it drives us to continue our study in this direction. In our current paper, The Mathematical Mechanism of Biological Aging, we wanted to make this Markovian approach easier to implement with the data. Our interest is to develop a, a flexible mathematical form so that we can let the data to determine the relationship between aging and mortality. Okay, can you dig into how you conducted your analysis a little bit more? One of the things that we've grappled with over the years in thinking about modeling aging is the fact that aging is not easily observed. It's really a hidden process, whereas mortality is easily observed and Most developed countries collect high-quality population mortality data and make it available. Since aging and mortality are connected, we can make use of mortality data in understanding the aging process. But in order to do that, we require that the mortality data reflects mainly mortality due to aging. So for our analysis, we chose data on the female residents of a retirement community. And we thought this was quite suitable because it provided information on a very homogeneous population. These residents are similar with respect to their sex, their physical environment, their socioeconomic status, their lifestyle, and their access to healthcare. So we thought this was, was very appropriate since we assume all individuals are subject to the same model parameters in using our model. So using this data set, we ensure that all other variables that are likely to affect death are as similar as possible. And therefore, the only variable that we can't control is the underlying aging process. And so we felt that this was suitable for exploring a model for aging. Makes sense to me. What were some of your key findings? We, we have... Um many detailed contributions in the paper, but here we want to talk about three important contributions. The first one would be we proposed a model that differentiates aging process from aging effect. The second one is um, we proposed functional form to describe how death rate be related 
to the underlying aging process. And this form is really uh, flexible and intuitively interpretable. And the third one is our model allow us to define a physiological age index, which has a similar scale as our calendar age, but can be used to reflect individual health status. So that's the three important contributions we would like to mention here. So is this physiological age index that you mentioned, is that the same thing as what you're calling biological aging? We use the two terms interchangeably. Okay, makes sense. Were there any interesting challenges that you encountered while you were working on the project? Yeah, there are some <laughs> interesting challenges. And the first, as Bruce has mentioned before, that aging is not easily observed. And I normally say aging is not directly observed because in the literature we find that aging is often defined through aging effect. For example, people would mention that uh, mortality rate will increase with ages. And that is um, to say, along with aging, people become vulnerable and so their death rate increased. So this is an example that aging is described and understood by general audience through aging effect. So this phenomenon that aging is um, understood uh, through aging effect actually cause a lot of challenges when we interpret our model. For example, different people may interpret aging differently based on how they feel about aging effect. So I want to emphasize our model provide an approach to quantify that progressive and irreversible feature of the aging. And so it is described aging in that relatively increased vulnerability. It is not absolute aging marker. This part sometimes is difficult to understand or for some people. And that is um, one of the most challenging parts uh, to interpret our results. One of the challenges associated with using aging effects to uh, model aging is that aging effects are multidimensional. For example, one ages physically and that is often quite noticeable, but one also ages mentally, and, uh, and that can be quite noticeable, but the two may not correspond. So one may seem much older when you assess them physically, when in fact, mentally, they're, they're very sharp and, and seem quite young. So so this kind of thing makes it a, a challenge to really get at 
where one is at in in the aging process. Yeah, that definitely sounds complicated. You mentioned that this paper sort of flowed from prior research projects. Where do you see this research going next? What are the next steps that you see? Well, there is some additional theoretical work that we would like to do. But in addition to that, we'd like to do more in terms of applying the model. So I I mentioned briefly that that one could analyze the impact of anti-selection. I I think in in general, a possible use of of the model is in insurance underwriting, whether it's life insurance or health insurance. I think these kinds of things can be explored. Using aging-related variables, for example, health measurements in actually calibrating the model is something that we've looked at a little bit but would like to explore further. And also, uh, we'd like to consider how the model parameters differ for different populations. Fabulous. That sounds like there's a lot for us to look forward to seeing. Thank you both for joining the call today and for sharing all of your insights and thoughts with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. As a reminder, if you want to learn more about this study or any other CIA research project, visit www.cia-ica.ca, select the Research tab at the top, then choose Research Projects. We also have a link to share your research ideas within that research tab. We always want to hear your feedback and your suggestions, so please drop us a line using the Share Your Research Ideas link. My name is Jill Harper, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Seeing Beyond Risk. 